Bonjour, and welcome to the Anishinaabe History Podcast. I'm Chris Wheat. Just over 1,200 years ago, the Ojibwe, Ottawa, and Potawatomi nations made an agreement to live in peace. Scrolls kept by the Medewin, who are members of the Grand Medicine Society, who are tradition keepers, show that the beginning date of the Three Fires Alliance was 796 AD. Why did this alliance begin? The three nations had similar languages and shared territories. They sometimes met together for political and military purposes. So they allied themselves to protect themselves from outside groups. The Ojibwe are the oldest of the three nations and are considered as the eldest brother and spiritual keepers. The middle brothers are the Ottawa, the people who trade. The youngest of the brothers are the Potawatomi. They are the fire keepers. A long time ago, Ojibwe people lived on the east coast of Turtle Island. They lived on the shores of the Great Salt Sea, that is, the Atlantic Ocean. At that time, a prophecy was foretold. This is known in our culture as the Seven Fires Prophecy. Because of this prophecy, the Ojibwe started migrating westward. This is known as our migration story. The Ojibwe ancestors traveled inland up the St. Lawrence River. At various places along the journey, people stopped. Sometimes people stayed in those places, but the others continued westward. The prophecy said to follow the sacred Megis shell to the place where food grew upon the water. So they continued westward along the Great Lakes. They traveled across, around, and beyond all the Great Lakes. They even went past the western tip of Lake Superior to the edge of the woodlands where the Great Plains begin. This is the land of northern Minnesota and northwestern Ontario. What is important to know is that in this region of the Great Lakes watershed, wild rice grows. Wild rice is important to Ojibwe people. In our language we call it manomen, the harvesting berry. It grows in the slow, shallow water of lakes and rivers. It is traditionally collected while in a canoe. The rice is brought into the canoe by bending the rice stalk over the edge of the canoe and tapping out the rice kernels using a carved wooden tool called a knocker. Rice kernels that don't make it into the canoe sink to the bottom of the lake and germinate for a future harvest. Wild rice has a husk that needs to be removed before it can be cooked and eaten. To get the husks off the rice, the rice was put into an animal skin lined pit and people would dance on the rice in special moccasins used for that purpose. The next step in dehusking the rice was to winnow the danced upon rice using birch bark trees and prevailing breezes. Now the rice is ready to be cooked. It needs to be boiled and it takes a long time. But then you have the starchy basis for a porridge, or anomanabo. Altogether, wild rice, meat, fish, and berries are components of the Ojibwe diet. Based upon migration scrolls and archaeological comparisons, Ojibwe people are thought to have made it to their final stop west of Lake Superior sometime in the 1400s AD. As a council of three fires, the Anishinaabe people, the Ojibwe, the Odawa, and the Potawatomi 
signed and were implicitly involved in numerous treaties with Great Britain, the United States, and Canada. That's all for today's episode. Stay tuned for more episodes in the future. I'm Chris Waite, and this has been the Anishinaabe History Podcast.